prison and half can Oh God! Daddy, stay on your bike! Dude, burning and you don't want to turn around anymore and you know if somebody now attacks you're going to be like blown out of the water but you just go no i just keep going just keep going tied on the inside it's this solo on the barriers oh what about that now then everybody i am tom ramsey and welcome to the edge coaching podcast this podcast will provide a clear insight into the world of athletic performance and help provide a clear, relatable understanding into subject areas revolving training, nutrition, stress, psychology, and much, much more. Without further ado, let's begin. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Edge Coaching Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about lactate threshold. We're going to be talking about what lactate threshold is, how you might want to improve it, why you might want to improve it, and the direct link of lactate threshold on cycling performance. We're also going to be giving you some training examples as well towards the end of this podcast. Now, just to set the scene, you can probably tell, albeit you might not be able to tell, I am walking and talking again today. Um, we're out and about on a dog walk. I'm currently um, walking in my town, called, which is called Beverly, for those who didn't know where I live, um, in East Yorkshire. And I'm walking down the side of a beck. Um, for those who do know Beverly, I'm walking down beck side. I've got the beck on my right hand side. And it's a lovely, lovely spring morning, albeit it's not quite spring yet um, the sun is shining the only thing is it's quite windy um, it's about 25 mile an hour winds at the minute um, and I have specifically planned a bit of a loop walk which is a little bit more sheltered and I've got a lot more backwind than headwinds today so I'm hoping that the wind doesn't pick up on the mic um, but yeah, I've had some really positive feedback about this, these um, walking and talking podcasts so far. Um, I've obviously done one, which was the last podcast that I did on, uh, on VO2 Max. Um, and yeah, of everyone who's given me f- po- uh, feedback on that, I think I got about six or seven people message me. Um, they were all, all really positive, um, positive stuff. And uh and yeah, everyone said that, you know, it was really clear. Um, it didn't really affect the quality of the, the, the audio. And if anything, people liked the kind of background noise. Um, now I don't think you'll hear as much tweeting of birds where I am today. Uh, there isn't as many trees where I'm walking. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's good for you listeners to understand what, where I am. And I like you to kind of be immersed in, in, in the podcast as well. As I say, I'm hoping that the wind doesn't pick up on the podcast, um, but well, yeah, we'll soon we'll soon tell. Um, a bit of uh, forward news um, to keep you in the loop. Um, the next few podcasts after this one won't be walking and talking ones. I've already I already know what I'm doing for those. Um, we will be um, hence why I wanted to get out and walk on this one really. Um, next podcasts will be sat in my office. Um, I'm going to be doing one which was a, an interview um, that I had with somebody else um, 
in a few days time and then after that I've got a podcast um, where I'm interviewing um, a few other people from um, similar but slightly different professions so for example we're going to be I'm going to be talking and chatting to a strength and conditioning coach um, and uh, having him on the podcast to talk about the benefits of strength training on cycling performance um, and this is all elements which I know um, a fair amount about but equally the reason I'm getting these people on the podcast is because I think they know more than me and it would be great to improve my knowledge on it but also obviously put that straight forward to you listeners anyway without further ado i'm going to get into the podcast because um i haven't got loads of time this morning and i'm very mindful of this wind so i don't want to um i don't want to take too long on the podcast as well um so today we're talking about lactate threshold so um lactate threshold is definitely oh before i start Um, I also wanted to mention that the only kind of negative feedback that I was going to give myself from the previous podcast is that some of you may or may not have realised that while I was doing the podcast last time, um, I was actually reading some notes. Um, Now, I made a few notes uh, before the podcast um, that I did last time and uh, I, I must admit I kind of I was very mindful that because I was walking and talking in just a you know a one unedited format um, I was very mindful that I couldn't uh, very easily edit the podcast or pause it or go back and delete a couple of things that I've said or reword some things that I've said um, because of how I was recording the podcast Um, and I took some kind of show notes I guess you'd say um, and took them around while I was walking and talking and I did mention this in the podcast before Um, uh, to be quite honest when I listen to the podcast back I can really tell that I was reading off those notes too much Um, and I got I realized I got into a bit of a situation where basically all I ended up doing was reading these notes um, and it and and to me it was very obvious that I was reading off off this bit of paper now although I've brought some notes for this podcast as well um, and I I wrote these notes about well a combination of last night and and this morning um, I really hope that I don't get into a situation where I'm just reading (laughs) reading off the notes Um, they are kind of bullet pointed as they were last time but yeah I am um, it's very easy just to kind of read it off like a script and I don't want to do that I want to keep it pretty chill um, and, and just like I'm having a conversation so um, yeah I just wanted to pull it out there that my only personal negative feedback on my own pod- podcast last time was that yeah I, I felt like I was reading off a script a bit too much so I'm going to try and get out of that habit um, but yeah, to get into the podcast, today we'll be talking about lactate threshold and and it is regarded as one of the biggest kind of predictors of cycling performance across many, many different disciplines. Um, but I'd, I'd guess specifically both a bit more for kind of time trial and road race performance and thus um, for a lot of cyclists there is a lot of emphasis on trying to increase one's lactate threshold 
to, to better their performance and better their results. Now, lactate threshold is that um, to, to kind of define it so you, you know what we're talking about here. Um, it is the highest intensity at which lactate in the body can achieve a steady concentration. Lactate threshold is generally very close to an athlete's functional threshold power, commonly known as FTP, which is the maximum power you can sustain for about 40 to 60 minutes. The lactate threshold is the point at which the production rate of lactate exactly equals the clearance rate, where any reduction in intensity will see the lactate levels fall and increases intensity will cause lactate to accumulate in a non-linear fashion, so kind of exponentially. For athletes to get their heads around this, I like to kind of um, really explain um, how I find lactate threshold in, in a lab test that I do for my athletes. Um, and, uh, the way I perform this test, so, so anyone who's listened to the podcast that has, has had this test done, any of my athletes who have had this test done, you'll know exactly what I'm about to talk about here. Um, but the, the test starts, at, um, the way I perform, perform this test, it, it starts at very low intensities. So, so for example, for an athlete who has a threshold around 300 watts, um, the test would typically start at around 150 watts. Then, every four minutes, I'll ask the athlete to increase their power output in very small, um, usually about 10 watt increments. While doing so, um, I track heart rate, which will, will generally increase in a, in a fairly linear fashion all the way through the test. But I'll also take a very small sample of blood from a finger prick blood sample and test it using my lactate analysis device for, um, for blood lactate concentration. Now, the concentration of lactate in the bloodstream essentially defines how hard their body is working. So in simple terms, at these very low intensities, right at the start of the test, there will be no increase in lactate concentration shown. So for example, um, it will be like, you know, when we first test them at like say 150 watts, blood lactate concentration will be about one millimole of, of blood lactate and it won't really go up at all. So it'll stay at about that one, 1.1 mark um, and just kind of um, stay around that kind of stable rate of blood lactate. Um, then comes what we call LT1 or lactate threshold one which is defined as the lowest intensity at which there is a sustained increase in blood lactate concentration. Now, I won't go into this, this part in much depth, as this is not what the podcast is about, but at that point, the increases in blood lactate are fairly steady and move in a very kind of um, steady but linear fashion. The second lactate threshold, which is known as LT2, or maximum lactate steady state, 
MLSS is what we're talking about today. And, and this is defined as the intensity that causes a rapid increase in blood lactate, indicating the upper limit between lactate production and clearance. Now this, critically, this usually happens, usually happens at a similar value for most people, which is about four millimoles of blood lactate. Though this is not the same for everyone. It must be noted, it's not the same for everyone. In simple terms, if a rider rides above LT2 or their lactate threshold, they won't be able to sustain it for very long whatsoever. And from a subjective point of view, and I know a lot of you that are listening to this will know exactly what I mean by this. As soon as a rider rides above LT2, it's like turning a tap on in your legs and you can almost feel the lactate kind of seep, seeping into your quads. <laughs> um, now, a key point, which is, is, is for many, um, definitely misunderstood is that lactate is produced by the body at all times even at rest since both aerobic and anaerobic metabolism are in use at you know do, doing everything that we do now and that's you know that's as simple as even when you're stood in the kitchen making a cup of yorkshire tea um, lactate is still being produced by the body um, all of the time even even in bed you know um, now while lactate itself is not um, a bad thing it does correlate strongly with the accumulation of fatiguing metabolites and this is why the concept of what we're talking about today being lactate threshold um, has received such attention um, and is widely considered a key performance determinant in a wide variety of these cycling disciplines. Now for clarity, for those who are wondering or use these terms interchangeably, which would be wrong, for most people, 95% of a 20 minute time trial effort, so a CP20 kind of test, is very close to lactate threshold. And, what, um, and, and, and to what they can sustain for an hour. So functional threshold power, or FTP, is the actual power someone can sustain based on performance. And it is not the same thing as lactate threshold, which is based on direct physiological measures. So, we know what lactate threshold is and why it's important now. Critically, and I know this is a, the reason why a lot of people are listening today, how do we improve lactate threshold? I'm just going to have a sip of my drink from my drink, drinks bottle. It's funny, um, it's a habit that I get into. I always, um, I always carry a, um, a drink with me wherever I go, um, whether that's a 20, 20 minute, half an hour car journey or a fairly long dog walk or whatever it might be I always carry a bottle of water or a bottle of orange squash or whatever it might be with me because I've got such a I've said this before on a podcast but I've got such a um, severe taste sensation sorry uh, thirst sensation and uh, like 
you know, even 10 minutes of talking or doing anything, I'm already kind of ready for a drink. And uh, especially when doing something like a podcast, um, yeah, I don't want to be getting a really kind of uh, dry mouth, clammy mouth. So another sip. So how do we improve it? Well, what needs to be made clear is that the aim isn't to increase lactate threshold um, to a to a kind of higher level of blood lactate. That's not that's not the the purpose of the training um, that we're trying to do. Um, even when fitness improves, most will still break around the same blood lactate concentration. And as as I previously said, this is typically around four millimoles of blood lactate. So. Just to reiterate, no matter how fit someone might be, uh, take for example myself, um, regardless of where my uh, lactate threshold is, um, you know, some years, let's say that's been 300 watts, some years that's been 350 watts, regardless of that, uh, that power, the blood lactate concentration, where it is defined at, at lactate threshold, is still about the same for me. It's about four, four millimoles blood, blood lactate. Now, instead, the biggest impact um, to improving lactate threshold is to essentially improve the body's ability to produce energy aerobically. And that pushes the inflection point that, um, that indicates threshold out to a higher power output, which is, which is exactly what we're after. Now, I see this when testing athletes on my coaching package, and it's one of the best parts of my job by far, to see a direct change in our athletes' physiology due to the training that I have set them. Um, I essentially see a, like a, an entire lactate curve shifting to the right because of, um, because of the athletes can produce more power before this lactate rises. So yeah, essentially like, you know, if you think about a test protocol, you know, we're starting at 150 watts, 160 watts, 170 watts and so on. You know, when they first start coaching, um, their lactate might start to rise at let's say 170 watts. Um, and that'll, you know, uh, keep rising at a certain rate where when I test them again in six months time or 12 months time, um, essentially, it's still going up at a similar rate, but there's a whole rightward shift. So rather than starting to go up at 170 watts, it might be starting to go up at 210 watts, for example. And usually, actually, as well, at the same, at the same time, it's actually going up a lot steadier as well. So, that, so, the, so the, the line is, is tracking a lot steadier in an upwards fashion. Now, training to increase power at lactate threshold. The methods of increasing power at LT um, are multi-directional. And over my years of coaching, I must stress that I have found that targeting this objective in this way, so basically through lots of different training methods, is always going to be the most effective as opposed to simply working on one training component for long periods. So in simple terms, you know, we talk about these things like base phases and so on. In all my years of coaching, um, I, I never ever really prescribe 
a massive block of training which is just in one intensity it doesn't really doesn't really reap the, the right rewards um, that all being said though there are for sure um, you know types of training and sessions which are much more favorable to working on this training principle um, you know I mean for, for example you know people might associate you know training around lactate threshold to be a very specific lactate threshold workout and we'll come on to that in a second but you obviously wouldn't do seven days a week of that kind of intensity training i mean <laughs> it sounds absolutely horrific i couldn't think of anything worse um but you know it, it it common sense prevails you would just absolutely get knackered straight away and, and you wouldn't be able to sustain any kind of quality out of that workout anyway um but uh, but like I say, there is there is certain sessions which do favour this training principle and, and um, favour the adaptations that we want in place. The objective in training, lactate threshold, is to do um, two specific things. Firstly, we want to reduce the pr production of lactate through increasing mitochondrial development. And we want to improve the body's ability to move lactate away from the muscles and blood to help maintain a stable level of lactate and associated metabolites. Now, it's a common misconception that people think in order to improve lactate threshold, you need to be riding at lactate threshold all the time or spend a lot of your training time around it. But that isn't always the case. That isn't the case. Um, the primary methods of improving lactate threshold are from improving mitochondrial function and content. And this, um, this will therefore improve the kind of aerobic ability and correspondingly reduce the concentration or contribution of um, anaerobic metabolism. Um, now you will be happy to hear, I'm sure, that the training methods um, that best stimulate positive changes in mitochondrial kind of content have been long duration steady state zone two training. Now I talked about this uh, type of training in depth a couple of podcasts ago, um, but training at low to moderate intensity increases mitochondrial density in slow twitch muscle fibers where aerobic energy production takes place. And as a result, that allows for a faster lactate clearance. We also know from previous podcasts that long duration steady state training also improves mitochondrial density, which improves your body's ability to use fat as a fuel source. And this delays fatigue by sparing glycogen, which is essentially stored carbohydrate. Um, now, the key stimulants for these adaptations, thus, appear to be longer duration, lower intensity workouts that feature a large quantity of muscle contractions. So, I must stress, based on what we know in the literature, the best type of training to help reduce lactate production appear to be um, largely independent of intensity and instead correlate closely to training volume and session duration. I.e., the more you ride, the better you'll get out of this, get, get at this. 
Um, and this is why for most of my clients striving for peak performance, I try to essentially work to their maximum training volume. So, you know, if a client comes to me and he says, I've got 20 hours a week to train, um, you know, and I've got no other commitments within those 20 hours, you know, give me what you've got, then I will typically work to that 20 hours a week if we can, and if they are able to recover from that stress. Because, uh, and obviously a big proportion of that riding will be easy zone two riding, but working to that maximum recoverable volume in terms of uh, in terms of total training time is only going to stimulate better adaptation in that in that realm. Oh wait a minute! There's a dog walk coming towards me, and they look like they're going to say hello. So I best I best uh, be friendly. One one sec. Now then, all right. Yeah, they um. <laughs> They didn't actually say hello in the end, they just smiled and nodded. So maybe they thought I was on the phone or something with the mic. Anyway. <laughs> um, so examples of these kind of workouts would be fairly obvious. Um, you know, four hours at, rid, you know, riding at around LT1, just above. Um, you know, four hours riding within kind of zone two. Um, that's what we're look, looking after. You could also mix in some sweet spot work. So... Um, you could do, for example, three or four hours with three times 20 minutes within sweet spot, that kind of training. Um, that's what we're looking at. But essentially, what we're saying there is the more you ride at low intensities, um, the better you're going to get at, at that kind of thing. Um, um, so, you know, if you do have 20 hours to train, then, and, and you can recover from that, it makes sense to do that kind of training and, and have a bulk of that training at very low intensities so you can recover from it, as opposed to having 20 hours worth of training time available but only training eight hours and keeping all of that high intensity. It makes sense. Now improving, in terms of improving clearance, <coughs> so that was production. In, in terms of including uh, clearance, unlike training that seeks to reduce um, the lactate production training methods to improve the clearance and transport requ do require intensities to, to stimulate the necessary changes training largely involves creating a shitload of lactate in the muscles and blood which then challenges the lactate transport system systems and stimulates signals for adaptation now this is why the kind of pop, popularized kind of lactate threshold workouts such as over unders or two times 20 minutes type type of efforts is is typically used because these kinds of intervals are not um, helping to reduce the amount of lactate produced as many might think but instead seem to be kind of training the ability to clear um, and and tolerate lactate so um, workout examples which would help that would be for example two times 20 minutes at lactate threshold um, however uh, a more favorable session design in my opinion which works wonders um, would be something called over unders so uh, a key point to this is that the better trained you are 
the more well-trained you are, the longer these blocks can be. So I said two times 20 minutes at, um, at lactate threshold, but you might not be able to tolerate that kind of duration. Instead, you might have to do three times 10 minutes, for example, um, or three times 15 minutes, or three times eight minutes, or whatever it might be. Essentially, the longer you spend at that um, intensity, the better. Um, in terms of the actual um, micro session kind of stimuli, but as with anything, you know, I mean, for example, for me, um, I'd struggle to con to tolerate maybe two times twenty minutes at it, but I know I could probably I could probably tolerate two times fifteen minutes. Um, as I get more toler uh, more be uh, improvements in that kind of um, session design and around that effort I'd probably be able to nudge that up maybe one or two minutes every couple of weeks um, but that's what we're looking for in terms of progressive overload but a better session design in my um, in my opinion is like I say what I call over-unders so over-unders there's many different ways of doing it but I think a, a good one to go for is just one minute over one minute under real simple so for example, after a 20 minute warm up, you would do some blocks of one minute over, one minute under for a period of time. Typically, those period of time last anywhere between eight minutes and 20 minutes in duration. Anything more than 20 minutes, and I would personally say that the intensity in which you're doing them, that them at is not high enough because you're able to tolerate that too easy and you either got your lactate threshold incorrect and it needs to be higher or um, yeah you, yeah you just need to you make the session design higher you, you're clearly good at that kind of session change up the session design a little bit do longer blocks at above threshold um, but essentially it's one minute at 105% of um, LT and then one minute at 95% of LT. Um, so basically you go like as the name suggests you're going slightly over and then slightly under for a period of time. So for example you might do three times 12 minute blocks of these over unders with maybe five to six minutes easy in between to break it up. Um, and they're brilliant because what you're essentially doing is you're just shunting a load of lactate in the muscles and the bloodstream and you're trying to tolerate that um, and clear it out as best you possibly can. Now, those over-under sessions are a horrible sensation. They're not very nice sensation, um, especially the under intervals. And this is a key point to that interval, is that when you, um, when you're, so you go over, you essentially create that lactate in the muscle and you, you, know, you increase the lactate concentration. And then the under effort, is actually slightly easier um, than the rate at which the lactate is coming into the bloodstream. So you, you're essentially you are able to clear it out, but only just. You're still you're still trying to work while that lactate is clearing out of the systems. Another dog walker. One sec. Now then, all right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I I probably put on a bit more of a New Yorkshire accent when I'm talking to people on dog walk while I'm on while I'm rigged up to a mic. But um, 
I will state though, I'm always friendly with uh, dog walkers and I'll always go out my way just to at least give them a smile or make the first, um, first nod. Um, you never know, might break on someone's day. Anyway, a bit of a summary before we call the podcast. So improving lactate threshold or more specifically the power output at which lactate threshold occurs is an important cycling performance metric. Lactate doesn't cause fatigue and that's a key point you know don't don't get misconstrued it does not cause fatigue but lactate response to exercise can tell us a valuable information about the kind of interplay of aerobic and anaerobic energy production and substrate utilization. Lactate is a product um, of the breakdown of carbohydrate and as exercise intensity increases we shift from using fat to carbohydrates as a fuel and as a result a dramatic increase in lactate indicates a shift in substrate utilization. Before the, uh, before the increase we were primar primarily using fat as fuel in, anaer um, in aerobic energy production. Um, in kind of fatigue resistant kind of slow twitch muscle fibers but as um, the intensity increases so does the, does the percentage of um, energy derived from anaerobic glycolysis and thus lactate uh, goes up in the bloodstream and the muscles now training to uh, improve power at lactate threshold wants to focus on reducing the production of lactate through increasing mitochondrial development and to improve the body's ability to move lactate away from the muscles and blood to help maintain a stable level of lactate and associated metabolites. The two methods which seem to be best at doing these tend to be long duration steady state cycling and training slightly above lactate threshold to periods which are maximum to what can be maintained um, to challenge the body's ability to clear and tolerate lactate. So I'm hoping that podcast gave you a brilliant kind of insight or summary into what lactate threshold is, um, why it's so important to a cyclist and also um, how you can train it most effectively. Um, I am just about to finish my walk. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> full clarity here, it is incredibly windy out there, um, out here now. And I found, as I was walking, I found a little sheltered part of the walk. And while I've been talking and walking, <laughs> I have just been going up and down this roughly, I don't know, 80 meter strip of of walk purely on the basis that it's sheltered in both directions as soon as i go slightly out of this 80 meter piece of walk i notice how much more significant significantly windy it is and I, and, and the reason that i don't want to do that is because i don't want to get the wind onto the mic which is um located obviously on the collar of my jacket um i have ordered a little what we call dead cat. It's like a fluffy thing which goes around the mic. So 
that helps prevent the wind from getting on the mic and disturbing the audio quality but it's not arrived yet hence why i'm trying to do this as best i can um but yeah i hope you enjoyed the podcast thank you very much for listening um and make sure you tune in next time uh Please share this podcast to any of your friends or your family who would be interested. Please share it on uh, Instagram or Facebook, whatever it might be. Anything that I see like that, any, you know, if you share this to your stories, for example, on Instagram, um, this isn't a hard sell, by the way, it just just really helps me out um, because my, my views of my streams are well surpassed a thousand now and every week I am seeing more than uh, 600 listeners to this podcast to every single podcast which is really really good um, but if you could do a few things that would really help me out first of all subscribe to my podcast um, so if you on spotify or wherever you lot you're listening make sure you click the the subscribe button and click the little bell which gives you a notification when i upload a podcast but secondly, if you could share this around, it would be really helpful. Uh, an easy way to do it is on Facebook. So for example, you can just, on Spotify, there's a, a little share button. Click that and you can share it as a post to, to Facebook. Um, tag me in it if you can. Um, another way is if you've got Instagram, which is the way that I do it. Um, again, if you press the share button, you can directly share it to your Instagram stories. There's a direct way of doing that. Um, which means that if someone sees it on the top left hand of the stories, they've got a link direct to Spotify. Um, and yeah, tag me in your story as well. So just put at the edge coaching in your stories and I'll reshare that. Um, and it really, really helps um, kind of, you know, branch out my podcast to other listeners um, and gives me more incentive to do these because I'm not going to lie. Although I've made things a lot easier for myself by doing them by walking and talking um, and I obviously enjoy talking about these kind of things especially if it's in uh, on a bright sunny morning like this um you know especially on a monday morning like this it does feel like it gets in the way a little bit of other things which are you know other must do things um and you know it's very easy to kind of put it off to the next week or whatever it might be um but the more listeners the more shares i get the more incentive i've got to to keep doing it Anyway, enough of me waffling on. Um, I'm now going to do um, get home, do another couple of hours of office work, and then I'm going to go to the gym this afternoon to lift some heavy-ass weights. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for listening, and see you again next time. <laughs> <laughs>